What's good, guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast, or welcome to the Run Free Podcast. If this is your first time, so stoked you've joined us today. Man, guys, today's episode is going to be good. But before we get into that, just want to give you guys an exclusive peek. Peek? That's not the right word. Offer? Not the right word either. I don't know what the right word is. You can tell me after I do this. Uh, I want to give you an exclusive opportunity. I think that's the right word. There we go. Exclusive opportunity to join us at Run Free Training. As you guys know, it's December now. Year is coming to an end. And guys, if you're going after big goals for 2021, I think a lot of us are coming off kind of a rough 2020, let's be honest. Uh, It wasn't the most easy year for anyone coming off this year i think we're gonna we're gonna go come out of the ring swinging at 2021 january so i'm stoked to go after some big goals with you guys we'd love for you guys to join us at run free training we only got a couple spots left guys in december so i want to give you guys as listeners of the run free podcast uh, early opportunity to jump on those spots before they get taken up. Most of the time, people are inquiring through our website, runfreetraining.com. But I'm gonna give you guys a text message and an email, whichever way is easier for you. So, as listeners of this podcast, you guys get first dibs on these two spots we got left in the month of December. So, if you're interested in hopping in with us, run free training, going after big goals in 2021, shoot a text message, get a pen and paper, or open up your uh, message on your phone right now. Type in this this number I'm about to give you guys 928 683 1087. Again, that's 928 683 1087. Shoot a text message. And guys, by texting this, you're not committing to like a six-month training plan or anything like that. You're just saying, hey, I really am interested in this spot. I know you guys only got two left. Tell me about it. And this is uh, this is your way to get that spot before it gets taken up. Or if you prefer to email, you can shoot an email to jay at runfreetraining.com. As you guys know, Jay is really he's the he's the ideas man he was the guy behind the run free training behind this podcast behind all that stuff he's the one who uh had the master plan so um jay is there to get you guys going and then i will be there to walk you guys through the athlete intake process which for us to run free training is so so important which is why we can only take a couple of athletes every single month because I put in a ton of time personally myself going through your guys' athlete intakes, forms, looking at your running form, looking at your nutrition, um, all those things. We got to get you off on the right foot and try and learn as much about you as the athlete before you get going. So a little exclusive offer for you guys there. I hope you guys jump on that opportunity. And now let's get into today's episode. Alright guys, so stoked to get into today's episode. This is episode 61 and we're going to be talking about why wanting the best for your competitors will actually make you faster and then how to get yourself to actually feel that way. Because I know for myself, oftentimes when I was competing professionally, I'd be looking at my competitors and being like, I want to want the best for you. But if I'm really being honest, like, I just want to beat you, (laughs) right? You guys can probably relate to that. And guys, you know, competition doesn't just happen in running or in the sport of your choice. I think competition, how we've been brought up in this world to think of competition, it kind of goes back to comparison, right? So competition is about how do you stack up compared to everyone else? And, uh, you know, I've talked a lot about on this podcast before how comparison is really just a huge, huge joy kill 
So I, I don't want to necessarily go into it from that angle, but I do really, really believe that for you to maximize your performance out running or just to for enjoyment of life, wanting the best for your peers, for people on Instagram that you might be comparing yourself to, to other people around you, it's going to make you a more fulfilled person, a happier person, and you're going to be able to enter into whatever it is that is like the best that life has to offer for you. You're going to enter into it through actually wanting the best for those around you, whether that's your peers or competitors, whether you're out running, whether you're on Instagram or whether you're at work or with your kids or whatever you're doing, like this is meant to enhance every aspect of your life. So, you know, I could see listeners of this podcast you know, we're not all professional runners. Maybe we're not even all competitive runners. Maybe you just like to run. Maybe you don't even race. But I think there's some real crossover here between running and real life. And uh, so when I think about this subject, wanting the best for those around you, wanting the best for your competitors, and how that's actually going to make you run faster, I go back to the master of the internal game, right? So this podcast is all about mastering what's going on inside of us so that we can perform well externally, outrunning, and then also just so simply for the pure goodness that comes from refining that inner game and living out of love and joy and peace and being able to experience the fruit of having a really pure mind, heart, soul, body, whatever you want to call it, what is going when what is going on inside of us is good, what comes out of us can only be good. So that's really what we're going after in this podcast. And I think about people who have gone before me who have done this really well. I can't help but go to JC. You guys know I'm talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> when I think about people who have mastered the internal game you guys, like, again, the point of this podcast is not to convince anyone to become a Christian or to follow Jesus or any of that. Like, obviously, I do that personally. But the point is to maybe introduce you into a different way of seeing your running, of seeing the world that we live in, and maybe a way that would flip it completely upside down, as Jesus often did in his teachings. And I think about Jesus mastering his internal game. I was thinking about this today. It's like, man, how could someone die on a cross, right? So, I mean, this is just historical fact. Like, Jesus lived, he died on a cross, which is one of the worst physical punishments you could receive that the Romans came up with. It was a form of torture, guys, right? And Jesus died this way. But what's impressive is not that he went through that kind of death. But for me, what is the most impressive part of this and what shows me he was the master of what's going on inside of him and he wants to impart that to every single one of us was this, that he was on that cross and at the worst moment, right? He'd endured hours and hours of whipping, of beatings. Like watch Passion of the Christ if you haven't seen that movie. Like, it's real what happened to him. Like that was just historical fact. He, after enduring all of that, he's coming to the end where he's getting ready to breathe his last breath. And what does he do? He prays for the people who are doing this to him, who put him up on that cross. 
And not only is he praying for them, but he's asking God to forgive them because they know not what they do in his own words. How crazy is that when you really think about it? Like imagine yourself being tortured for hours on end and unjustly tortured, right? Like not deserving torture. And then in the, at the end of all of that, you're able to not only pray for the people who put you up there, who put you through that torture, but then pray for their forgiveness. Man, that to me, if you can do that, whatever's going on inside of you, like I want some of that because that is out of this world, right? So that's why oftentimes like on this podcast, I go back over and over again to Jesus. And like I said, I'm a... I'm a fan of all faiths. Like, I love to learn from Buddhism. I've been studying that a lot recently. And, like, I have mad respect for everyone and all their beliefs and all the different traditions. But this is why, like, I continually just kind of fall back on Jesus because he was the master of the internal game. So let's kind of look at something that he said when he's talking about how to go about treating your quote-unquote enemies, all right? So when he's saying enemies, we could throw in the word competitors. So we're out there running. Maybe you want to win your age group. Maybe you want to win the Olympic trials. Maybe you want to win the Olympic Games. Whatever level it's at, we're all having the same experience, right? We're all competing with the people around us. So how does Jesus say we should look at these people that we're competitive with? He says this, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven. For he causes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So that comes from Matthew 5, 44 through 45. And again, think about him saying this. This was before he went up on the cross. So he didn't just say this, he did this, right? He didn't just say, pray for your enemies. He actually prayed for his enemies when he was hanging on the cross. And so this is where I think it's so translatable to running and competition and why you should want the best for your competitors. Because what happens, here's the thing with Jesus, when he came and when he was teaching, why I find his teaching so intriguing is because of what it does inside of me when I actually practice this, right? So let me give you just a quick kind of random example, but uh, this is just the first thing that pops in my mind when I think about times where I've actually done this, when I actually pray for people who are persecuting me. And persecute, you know, that sounds pretty intense, right? And so like this example was actually on Instagram, right? I talked about this the other day when I was doing the podcast with my little brother, how quite often I get some negative comments on Instagram, right? I'll even get people DMing me, which is a little bit more bold than just making a comment on Instagram. But I'll, I'll get some comments. And uh, I remember one time recently, so I posted a video of me doing squats and uh, doing partial squats, right? Which side note, partial squats have just been amazing at increasing my squat strength. So if you're interested in getting your squat up, um, and if you haven't seen that, you can go back and look at my Instagram, Ryan Hall 3 and I, I do a demo of it. So anyways, I posted the demo of me doing these partial squats where you start with a super heavy weight and you just have really small range of motion and then gradually your range of motion is getting bigger and bigger, i.e. you're going down further and further and then you're gradually stripping weight off, right? So I think I posted a picture of me, or not me, just a bar with 600 pounds on it and I said something like, 
nothing to wake you up at six in the morning, like 600 pounds on your back or something like that, right? And so this guy DMs me, he's like, when are you gonna start lifting some real weights, <laughs> right? And uh, no, not a big shock there, not a big surprise, you know? And uh, I'll be honest, when I got that DM, I want. I looked him up, and it's this little tiny runner, dude. He's giving me a hard time about about how I'm lifting, you know. And again, just being really honest, like the first initial reaction is always like you bristle up, right? You're like, ooh, like those are fighting words, you know. And uh, and I was thinking, I was like, this guy didn't even know that I did ten sets of deadlifting at four hundred and five pounds before I posted this little picture of me squatting. That was the second exercise of my life. So I wanted to come at him with that and be like, dude. I'm, I'm moving some weight, like cut me some slack. Like you're, you're not even seeing the context of, of that picture, you know, of the workout. Like you want to defend yourself. That is always my first reaction anyways, right? But uh, I remember I was just kind of like thinking about like how should I respond? Cause this has been something I've had to deal with recently as I've gotten like increasingly into the quote unquote influencer um, thing, just kind of sharing my story with people more on Instagram and getting more negative comments and you get way more positive comments and good stuff happening, but you get the occasional person who feels the need to tell you you're not moving real weight or whatever. And uh, it can get under your skin, you know, like, and, and at times I've let it get under my skin. So I was thinking about like, how do I want to respond to this guy? And I was thinking about the words of Jesus here. He says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And, uh, you know, this is not a form of persecution, I wouldn't say, you know, like this was just someone just giving me a little jab, right? Like not a big deal. But it's funny how these little things can really get under your skin, or at least they can get under mine. I can be laying in bed at night thinking about this kind of stuff and, and I don't want to be thinking about this kind of stuff, right? And I don't think anyone does. Like we'd all love to just like, just like roll off us, just take the punch and just roll off. But oftentimes these negative comments can just get stuck in our head. So I was like, you know what, let me try doing something different. Instead of coming at this guy and being like, dude, like you're a big man on Instagram. You're not even seeing my workout. Here's what I was really doing. And like, you need to shut your trap. <laughs> Instead of telling him what I wanted and felt like telling him, I was like, no, I'm just gonna take the words of the in, the eternal game not eternal, internal game master, Jesus. And I'm gonna put him to use, I'm gonna try it out, see what happens. So instead of giving it to this guy, I just said a, a prayer for him. Instead of being like, hey bro, just praying for you, all the best. Instead of doing that, I actually said a prayer to him in the DM back to him. And I was just, and I didn't address what he was talking about at all. I was just like, may the Lord give you the desires of your heart. Like may you have like, every dream come true that you've dreamed like deep down inside you and may God be with you, reveal himself to you and love you. Something like that, those weren't the exact words, but but I really meant it. And I wanted to make sure that it was really coming from my heart and it wasn't just like a, you know, a prayer that you don't really actually mean. <laughs> so I, I messaged that to him and I was amazed at what that did inside of me. And so that's my point in, in telling this story is I think oftentimes Jesus taught us how to relate to other people, how to relate to the world. And he did it to, to better the world, to better other people. But oftentimes I think he did it because he knew what it would do inside of us. And Jesus, Jesus said that you can't, he came that you may have life abundantly, right? So like his whole goal is to unlock the best life we could imagine possibly living, right? That was his goal in coming and teaching and showing us, right? 
And so when I did this, I was just like, I could just let it go. Like I sent that DM and I was like, I feel better towards this person. Like I can actually feel like love towards this person actually starting to come out of me. Like I actually mean these words. I actually do want the best for him. And, uh, and I wasn't obsessing about what he said, not thinking about it. Like until I recorded this podcast, I kind of forgot all about it. And then he didn't even reply. So I have no idea how things were on his end, but I could just shrug it off after that. Whereas if I would have responded out of what I was going to do, I guarantee you I would just been thinking about it over and over again, what I said, what he said. You know how it goes, guys. When you're in like conflict with someone else, the, the stories that you tell yourself about the conflict and what you're going to say if they say this back and all this stuff. And it can just escalate very quickly where it's something small and stupid and just turns into like this big thing. And you end up spending all this mental energy, mental time thinking about this, laying awake in the middle of the night, thinking about it. And it just, it can ruin you, right? Compared to when you love someone, you pray for someone who's quote unquote persecuting you or maybe just being mean to you or saying a jerk move to you or someone who cut you off while you're driving. Like it can be really small. I don't think it has to be this like they're persecuting you for your faith. I think Jesus is talking about like anytime someone quote unquote wrongs you or even you feel wronged, like can you pray for that person? And so like what my point here is look at the fruit for me of praying for someone who had wronged me versus getting at someone, right? Going to battle with someone. Just night and day, two totally different experiences. And I think that is so true for running when I think about my experiences out on the race course. I remember when I was running Foot Locker Nationals my senior year in high school, and it was against uh, Dathan Ritzenheim, Alan Webb, and I turned into like a super classic race. Um, we're actually going to watch it this December, I think 13th or 12th, um, whatever the Saturday is on that weekend. Dathan and Alan and myself via Zoom, we're all going to be Zooming in, and we're going to just kind of like go through the race, what we're thinking and stuff, and it's going to be super fun just to kind of like go back over that, but as I think back in my career about times where I just really wanted to beat my competitors, that was one of the biggest times when I felt that way, right? And I just remember really, really wanting to win that race, wanting to beat Dathan, wanting to beat Alan. And then what actually transpired in the race is what happens when you go into fight mode. We've talked about fight versus flight on this podcast before and how to use that to your advantage. So you can go back through and listen to that podcast if you're interested in hearing more on that subject. But what happens when you go into fight mode is you tense up, right? Like the first thing you do, you clench your jaw, you clench clench your fists, like your muscles get tight. And what have we talked about on this podcast over and over and over again of how to run optimally, of how to run fast, of how to get the most out of your body? The key is relaxation, right? The key is the opposite of fight mode, right? Now, there is a time and place, as I talked about in that podcast, where you can put fight mode to your advantage. But the key is like there, what are you thinking about that's clicking you into fight mode? Is it like you're actually wanting to fight your competitors or you're just trying to like rise up to become the best version of yourself? 
Because when you think about fighting your competitors, it's the kind of fight mode that will lock you up, right? That's just going to make every muscle in your body tight. Your body's going to not have full range of motion anymore. You're not going to be breathing, relaxed, free anymore. And you're just going to get, you're going to feel like you have a big old weight on your shoulder when you go into that kind of fight mode. Whereas you go into the fight mode where it's like it's time to go to battle, it's time to go to war against myself, try to maximize my own potential, and you take the competitiveness away from there, that's when fight mode can actually work towards your advantage. But what you don't want to get in running is tight. Like, so, so important. And maybe the best tip I could give runners on how to actually perform well and run fast within races is you have to relax with the pain. Um, helpful mantras that I've used and Sarah's used over the years for this. Sarah likes this one, relax and roll. And that's, that's a really good one to repeat. It's like, just relax everything and roll. Um, my favorite one was just be fast and relaxed. I would just say fast and relaxed, fast and relaxed over and over again. So you're working on turning your feet over off the ground like it's on fire as fast as you can, but you're also trying to just relax every single muscle in your body as much as possible. And again, I've talked about like watching sprinters sprint, the fastest sprinters in the world, and their face looks like jello, right? Like the muscles that they are not using are just super, super relaxed, right? So being relaxed is so, so important. And that's why when think about love versus fear or fighting when you think about fear of fighting you think about tensing up about getting tight about again clenching everything the jaw the fist versus when you you're filled with love for other people you're relaxed you're in a relaxed state your body's loose your body's getting full range of motion long beautiful stride open chest, open breathing, not restricted. Like these are the things that come when we love. When we come with hate and with competitiveness, the wrong type of competitiveness, because there's a good type of competitiveness. When we come with that wrong type of competitiveness, it just makes us tight, weighs us down, and nothing good happens in that state. So that's why it's so, so important that we're filled with love for our competitors rather than being filled with wanting to beat our competitors, right? Like it will actually make you faster if you're wanting the best for your competitors. And you might not believe me, this might not have been the most convincing argument that you've ever heard for this, but I guarantee you, try this. Like get out in a race and when you're looking at the people around you, just be fill yourself with thoughts of like kindness towards them, of goodness towards them, of love towards them, and just being like, I just want the best for this person. And see what happens inside of you. See how your body relaxes. See how your body all of a sudden can flow, right? And this happens, I think, for people too, like myself, who for a while there, like I could perform really well in training, and I would tend to underperform when I was racing. And that's because when I would get people around me, I would get tight. So I remember one time at the NCAA championships in cross country, I was in really, really good shape going into the race and just had a really bad race, but it actually helped me when I got by myself and there's no one else around, because then I could relax, because I wasn't worried about beating other people around me, what other people around me were doing, being competitive with other people around me. I could just find my own groove, my own rhythm, right? And I think that's why this can happen to people, is we 
tend to get tight around other people because we're thinking about what they're doing and trying to respond to their moves and we are reacting to what they're doing and we're going into fight mode against them versus just being in our own element, in our own happy spot, in our own groove and just letting our performance just flow out of us. So I promise you, if you try this and you try and fill yourself with love for the people around you, you will run better, you will feel better. Um, when I think about times I've done this well in my career, I go back to like almost all my Boston experiences, to be honest. Um, I just, I loved racing against other guys. And I think that was kind of in the later stages of my career when I was able to refine the skill a little bit. And this is a skill, like don't go out in your next race and be like, okay, I'm just gonna be filled with love for my competitors around me and then beat yourself up because that only lasts for like five minutes and then you're back in like wanting to crush everyone around you mode, you know? Um, like this is a skill that will take time to develop, so give yourself grace and lots of opportunities to learn this skill. And a lot of it go, comes back to being bringing yourself back to this because this is countercultural, right? This is Jesus turning the script around right like when he said to love your enemies right before that the reason why he said that is because the law the old testament used to say to do the opposite of that right to like i forget exactly how it says it but basically do the opposite of loving for your enemies fighting with your enemies right and now he's like changing it. he's flipping the whole script around being like no 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 like i say to you love your enemies pray for those who persecute you and so this is definitely flipping the script around in our culture of running, where usually it is about beating the people around you, trying to finish as high as possible. And there's nothing wrong with trying to finish as high as possible, as long as that is coming from heart of wanting to achieve your own personal excellence and also wanting the best for the other people around you. If that's the case, then yeah, of course, you should want to try to finish as high in the race as possible. But what is the heart line underneath that is what I'm really trying to get at in this episode. So that's that's my take on why it's important. And going back, when I did it well, I feel like in Boston, um, I don't know, I think part of it was just being around the African culture where this is kind of a, a thing in Kenya in particular where they have this saying in Swahili, I can't remember it, um, which basically they say this, we're all in this together, right? And so the whole mentality, it's like, it's like we're wanting the best for, we're all in this together. We want the best for each other, right? Whereas in America coming from a you know, more individualistic society, we're in it for us and want to be, get, get ours while we can, right? Um, whereas like the Kenya mentality is like, okay, this is, success is not a scarce resource. There's enough for everyone. And just because you're more successful than me today doesn't like devalue the amount of success I had out there today. Like my level of success is not dependent on your level of success, at least not in my own mind. It might be in other people's mind, right? Like for example, if you win the gold medal versus the silver medal, the person gets the gold medal in the, the whole, you know, most of the world's mind, like that is the most successful person on the day because that's their definition of success is winning, standing on top of the podium, beating everyone else. Whereas my definition of success 
is about personal excellence and it has nothing to do with what place I am or who I be or don't be. It has to do with did I get everything out of my body that I possibly could today and if I did that, then I was successful. And I can be successful doing that, you can be successful doing that, everyone in the race can be successful doing that, which is I think why it's so important that we sometimes flip the script around and we change the conversation and we make it not about comparison, we make it about personal excellence. I think running can be such a beautiful sport when it's about personal excellence. And I know I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but I'm just super passionate about that because it can bring so much joy to your running to compete that way versus when you do it for comparison, it's so shallow, so fleeting. It's just so frustrating and not, whether you win or lose or what level you get to, it's just not satisfying. And that's what I want more than anything for our runners is to get to the finish line and be satisfied, right? Because you can get to the finish line and win the gold medal and still not be satisfied. And that that's a sad experience. So I think, you know, just being around that African culture of Boston um, and, and other major marathons just helped me like, be like, I don't care if these guys beat me or not. I actually want to get the most out of them. So I'm, I'm willing to put in my time at the front of this pack to lead this group, even if I gotta lead a whole bunch of this race because I wanna make them better. And I know that they're gonna make me better. You know, like if they're out rolling in front of me, that's, that's just gonna draw me along, right? Like they're supposed to be like magnets that are pulling me to that finish line quicker than I could otherwise get there. So flipping the script, looking at it as we're all in this together, super, super powerful in uh, wanting the best for our competitors. So let's actually hop into part two of this discussion, which is how do we actually love our competitors? Because guys, like I said, I've had times like Foot Locker where I was just all about wanting to beat the person next to me. Like I totally get that. I've totally been there. And again, this is something where it's easy, so easy to shift back into that mindset. And it, it, it's uh, something we have to cultivate, right? So even for myself now, being into lifting, it can get real depressing getting on Instagram and following some uh, you know, lifting channels or whatever and uh, see people throwing up just massive weights and I can very easily be like, oh, like there's kind of two ways to look at that, right? Like I watch someone deadlift 500 kilograms and I can look at that and be like, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like not even lifting half of that, you know, not even close to half of that. Or I can look at that and be like, whoa, like that is so inspiring. Like that makes me want to get out of my garage and deadlift right now. Like if he can lift that much, like I'm possible more than I think, you know, he's showing me there's more inside of me than I think is there, right? And so I have to all the time be on myself especially on social media, to be honest, that's where I have to be on myself the most, to be like, okay, like, I am inspired by this person. I'm choosing to celebrate their victory rather than see it as threatening, right? Being like, if they did that, I should just throw in the towel because I'm never gonna get there, right? Well, that's all going back to like, well, yeah, you're not gonna get there because in your mind, it's all about comparison, but that's not what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about you becoming the best version of you, not you becoming better than them. And so I just have to keep hammering myself, right? Because the rest of the world's like, how much you deadlift? Oh, compared to that dude, man, that's nothing. They're like, there's a whole bunch of people who are way stronger than you. And like, 
that's just a sad world to live in, right? That's that's not how you become the best version of yourself because you're just gonna be so demotivated, so down in the dumps about where you are relative to everyone else that you're never gonna get to your potential. Whereas if you can look at those other performances and actually be excited about that and let that draw out the best in you, that's how you become the best version of yourself. So let's get into how do you actually love others around you when you're competing out on the race course, you're looking at people right next to you. How do you actually get filled with love for this person? All right, so I made a little list of things. Number one, you see the divine in them, right? So it says in Genesis that we're all made in the image of God. And I really believe that. I really believe that we are. And if you can see this person next to me, they're made in the image of God the same way that I'm made in the image of God. All of a sudden, you have a big thing in common right there, right? And you know that like finding things in common with people is a big part of like learning to love other people. Like when you feel like you sh you have a shared experience, it's just much easier to feel love towards someone. So I think that's step one. Step number two is seeing yourself in them. And I think this is where like the the Buddhist belief actually does a great job of this, of being like not looking at other people and judging them, but rather seeing, hey, like I actually have these same tendencies and maybe I haven't done some really bad thing that they've done, but I can see myself like where that might come from. And that fills you with empathy, right? Like you're filled with, like I could be in their shoes. I, that could be me, right? Like, and when you can see yourself in someone, it's kind of like a father with a son or mother with a son or any one of those combos. When you see yourself in someone else, it's a lot easier to love that other person. So being able to look at that person next to you that's competing and be like, yeah, like I can see like we're all in this together. Like we're all part of humanity. We're all created in God's image. I can see myself in them. That helps me be filled with love for them. Um, I think step number three is huge. And that is to cultivate the belief that success is not a limited resource. And I've kind of already touched on this one already, but when it's not about comparison, when running is not about comparison, it's about you becoming the best version of you, is when that's an unlimited resource. Every single person on this planet can become the best version of them, right? If they're supported by the right people in the right culture. You know, there's obviously a lot of things that come into play there, have the right knowledge. Like it doesn't help happen in isolation, but everyone can achieve the best version of them where not everyone can win the Olympic gold medal or win their age group or qualify for Boston or whatever that is, right? But we can all become the best version of ourselves. And when you're not competing against someone else for a scarce resource, right? It's like, there's not enough food. Like I better get to the table first or else I'm not eating anything tonight. Like when you're in that mindset, that's when like you want to kill the person next to you, right? Or you want to beat the person next to you. Um, but it's not about that it's about realizing that there's enough for everyone and that's what i find over and over again that's true in in jesus too is there's enough for everyone and god there's enough for everyone it's not a scarce resource and when you're when you, you're filled with that belief you can kind of relax into that and be like okay like there's enough for him there's enough for me and we can both experience like 
extreme joy, like all the joy that we could experience from doing really well today in this competition, we can both have a shared experience in that. And that makes it really easy to really want the best for them. Cause you're like, heck yeah, I want them to like fulfill their dreams. I want them to feel good about their race today. And when you feel that way towards them, you want to help them. You want to support them. You want to maybe break the wind for them. Like you want to be there for them, right? That just fills you with love for the people around you. Um, next one was going after personal excellence rather than comparison. I think I've hammered that one a lot already. Uh, the next one I had is uh, just to make the choice to celebrate other people. Um, and then back that up with words. So, um, you know, I've talked about this before in my book, Running with Joy, or not Running with Joy. That was my first book. My second book, Run the Mile You're In, where it's talking about like one of the most sweet moments in my career was a success that wasn't even mine. You know, it was being a part of the race that Meb was in when he won the Boston Marathon the year after the bombing and how that was one of the sweetest experiences that I had and yet it wasn't my own and I had to learn in that moment in that day in that experience of how to celebrate someone else's victory and celebrate it as my own and realize that again going back to that great Kenyan saying like we're all in this together and Meb's victory is my victory my victory is your victory and when we can look at humanity as like we're all connected and when someone else is successful, like that's meant to inspire me. That's meant to bring out the best in me. Um, and their breakthrough can then become my breakthrough. But it, it's a choice. Oftentimes, I'll be honest, like crossing the finish line in Boston that year, I wasn't initially super stoked about how I did because I didn't do very well. I, mean, I don't even know what my time was to this day but or my place. I was like way back, right? Didn't have a good race at all. But I did make the choice that, hey, even though like I'm feeling bummed out right now about my day, I'm choosing to celebrate what Meb did, you know, like, and it was a phenomenal run by him. Like he just ran his heart out and ran one of the most historic races ever run in U.S. history and so proud of him, you know, and I had the the honor and privilege to train with Meb and be neighbor, neighbors with Meb and share, share meals with Meb and our family is friends with his family. And I had the honor of like being a part of the process for Meb. And uh, it was super sweet to get to share in his victory, right? So knowing that someone else's victory can be my victory also can kind of take the pressure off of ourself to some extent. And not, not in such a way that it's like, I'm trying to get out from underneath my own, what's the word I'm looking for? My own need or my own desire to do the best that I can possibly do and become the best version of me on this day. It's not an escape route, right? It is me just being okay with the fact that there are some things in running that are outside my control and I'm gonna maximize my potential on this day but some days, like that day in Boston, for me, it looked like a 218 or 217 or whatever I ran. And some days it looks like 204. Now the challenge is, can I really celebrate? And this is, I, I didn't master this, all right? So this is a challenge for me, a challenge for you, is can I celebrate being, accomplishing personal excellence every single day, every workout, 
every race, no matter what the results are. And that's how you know when you've mastered this concept of personal excellence, is can I run 218 in Boston and be just as happy because that was all I had that day, right? Like I pushed as hard as I could and that was, that was all that was there. And there was a whole bunch of factors around that, which is not the subject of this podcast today, but um, things I can look back on where I'm like, yeah, I did, did some things wrong in training and preparation, nutritionally, weight-wise, a bunch of stuff where it was at play. But can I still have that experience? And even though I did a bunch of things wrong, can I have the same joy as when I ran 204 and everything was clicking and I hit it well? Because both those days, I did the best I could. I got 100% out of my body on both those days with two very, very different results. So that's where the challenge, that's how when you, you know you're really mastered, like, okay, personal excellence, that's where it's at, is when you can have those 218 days at Boston, in my case, and be just as happy as when you had that 204 day. And uh, just being honest and real, like I never got there, right? Um, I would, but I'm still going after it. And in other ways, you know, like I'm obviously not running Boston anymore, but in other ways, other areas of my life, in the weight room, um, and other stuff that I'm doing um, in my business, can I be just as happy, you know, if we have five runners that are with us training versus 5,000 runners, right? Because we're doing the very best we can at run free training. Like everyone on our staff, I'm so proud of like our coaches, our staff, everyone who's involved. Like we're definitely doing the very best we possibly can. And uh, can I be happy with those results, whether it is helping a ton of people or just helping one person? Because really, when I look at it, like it should be enough either way, right? And same thing with running. Uh, whether we have that phenomenal day where everything clicks and we run a massive PR should be the same feeling because we got 100% out of ourselves that day, same as when we didn't, when we ran 218 and had a just a bad race. Like those days are going to come, but you can always get 100% of yourself on that day. So I got a little bit off, a little bit off subject, but that's kind of on subject too. It kind of had to do with what we're talking about. But let me just leave you guys with this. Just going back to, to those words of Jesus, like let's turn this game around. Let's, uh, let's love deeply the people around us and let's see what that brings out inside of us next time we find ourselves on the starting line. And even in training, guys, and again, this crossover is outside of even just running, whether we're doing business or family or Anytime we find ourselves in a competitive situation, can we fill ourselves with love for people around us, knowing that it's not only best for the people around us, but it's also best for us. All right, guys. Hope today's been helpful for you guys. Stoked that we are into December. We're rounding the corner for 2021. Good things ahead. Some races are happening, guys. I've been doing some research myself looking for races for some of my athletes. I know El Paso, I think, is happening. Atlanta is happening. In Fe I think Atlanta's in February. I believe El Paso is somewhere right around there in February as well. Gulf Coast is going down in a couple weeks. That's in Mississippi, I believe. So there are races happening, guys. You got to do some homework and uh, dig extra hard to find them, but they are going down. So I hope you guys are finding some races and uh, training's going well. And I look forward to chatting next week. Happy training, guys.